Uh, hello, this is Peter Smith, otherwise known as the Hack DM. Although I should say that that doesn't come from hack and slash so much as being like a hack writer type hack. Really, I just didn't know what to call the podcast. Uh, I guess this is mostly just for testing to see how my voice sounds, see how the streaming works on the site, and stuff like that. But I figured that I'd talk about something that uh, I guess has come up in recent, well, years now, 4th uh, edition D&D. I've been playing role-playing games since, well, I guess I was 13 at the time, maybe, 14. Uh, I started with uh, AD&D 2nd edition, and uh, I started by DMing, which not very many people seem to do with Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. I've heard of a couple of people starting with the basic set, and obviously there are other people that start with AD&D, but uh, I can tell you that when you've never done any role-playing before, it's quite a confusing endeavor, and I think the internet, and at the time I think it was WebRPG, I went on to use OpenRPG for um, kind of teaching me the game, I suppose, in some ways. I actually started DMing before I started playing online, but uh, I was doing a heck of a lot of stuff wrong. I should say that maybe it wasn't my first time role-playing, because I, I think that most people inherently do something similar to role-playing as kids, like whether it's cowboys and Indians, or, um, I guess it's not politically correct, or uh, cops and robbers, or something like that. Um... I actually used to play Doctor Who. That is kind of how nerdy I was. Uh, I used to watch a lot of Tom Baker as Doctor Who, and I convinced some of my friends to, I guess, get into playing Doctor Who with me, and uh, one of us was the Doctor, and another was like a Santarin, and we had like uh, this pull-up bed in my basement, and that was the TARDIS, and we'd basically just run away from monsters, I guess much like happens on some of the older Doctor Whos, and try and get back to the TARDIS or things like that. I suppose that's what started me on role-playing. I, I um, actually bought the Dungeon Master's Guide when I was much younger uh, than when I started playing, I, about three or four years beforehand. I played a lot of Magic cards at the time, and, well, I guess I should date myself. Uh, I'm currently 23, going on 24, uh, born in, like, 1986, so... Uh, I guess I'm relatively young when you look at some of the people who are doing these podcasts or into the hobby. Um, I bought the Dungeon Master's Guide uh, thinking it was the only thing you needed. I don't know why I thought that. But uh, Magic Cards had turned me on to the whole fantasy thing, and I looked at a couple of Dragon magazines at my library. So I guess in an odd way, Dragon Magazine is kind of responsible for me getting to role-playing as well. And uh, from there on, I proceeded to find absolutely no one to play with, and uh, it was much later when I started hanging out with other people who did things like play Final Fantasy and stuff like that, that uh, I looked more into it again, got Player's Handbook, uh, got together a group, and uh, began running a, running a game. Um, uh, obviously, after second, we progressed forth to other things. Uh, I actually think we tried Rifts before 3rd Edition was out, and I have to say that uh, at the time, Rift seemed really cool, but uh, I don't think we've ever successfully ran a multi-session game of Rifts. I think every single time I've ever played it, which probably amounts to two or three times, 
the game has died after the first session, and I have a whole slew of problems with rifts that I won't get into right now. I guess I'll save that for another episode. But uh, from third edition, uh, that is sort of where I had my role-playing game mechanic experience explosion, I guess you'd call it. Uh, I went uh, through a variety of D20 systems, uh, not necessarily playing them all, but buying books and reading them and imagining different ways to use this system. And uh, from that, I moved on to other systems. I think the next thing I played was some World of Darkness stuff, but uh, I also got into Hero and GURPS and some of that good stuff. Uh, played a bit of Star Wars D20 with some of my friends, because we're all pretty big Star Wars fans. And uh, we used to play a lot. We used to play, like, uh, I played six times a week for, six sessions a week for a bit, one online, five in person, and I DM'd the majority of the time. Uh, when I was playing that much, I wasn't DMing every day, but uh, if you look back at my role-playing history, I've ran probably somewhere around uh, 70 to 80% of the games I've been in. And uh, I was really excited about 4th edition. Back on the topic. 4th uh, edition was promised to be this big, amazing change to D20. It's supposed to solve a lot of problems in D20, spread the fun out to all 30 levels now, as they were saying, and not only that, but they were going to release all these cool online tools, and we all know how all of that went, and uh, we've all heard all of that. My problem right now with 4th edition, I've been running a campaign for almost two years. My campaign started a couple of months after... Uh, 4th edition came out, I started planning it beforehand, using as much material as I could gather off the D&D site, and um, I made my own campaign world, uh, it's kind of, it's actually based off of uh, the hermetic virtues and vices, uh, in some ways there were these gods split up among the virtues and the vices, and they kind of ruled over the human lands, and uh, it's kind of complicated to explain the whole campaign, but... Um, the, the story arc, uh, I like it. I think my players like it. Um, and the, through the early levels, 4th edition was serving us pretty good. I have to say that um, I know most of the old school DMs, they just sort of shake their hands at excessive skill systems and say, well, why do you need a skill for electrical engineering and um, and mechanical engineering or, or things like that? Actually, I heard that on, I think it might have been RPG Circus I was listening to recently. Um... I agree, to, agree with that to a certain extent, but at the same time, I think 4th edition uh, went a bit too th too far with uh, skill compression, especially when you're coming out of playing 3rd, because I think a lot of people had been playing these uh, systems, like the earlier old-school style systems, where they didn't have very broad skill depth definitions, and I went from playing 3rd edition, which did have spot, listen, search, and um, moved into systems like GURPS, which has so many skills that I literally don't understand what they were thinking of when they designed the skill section of that system. When you're going from things like that, and moving into 4th edition, and I ask for a skill role that doesn't exist anymore, or that uh, there isn't really a skill to suit... I sometimes spend a little bit of time maybe looking, but usually I'll just toss a book aside in the interest of speed and make up a, a, a skill check for it based off the primary stat or something like that. Uh, but uh, 
I find that there are certain things that it's lacking now that you would need training in. Like, uh, there is no perform skill anymore. And as much as perform might not be involved in dungeon crawling, I'm more of a roleplay person, despite the fact that I'm DMing 4th edition for almost two years. I am more of a roleplay person. And it's all well and fine to say, okay, you're this good at playing this instrument based on one stat, or you're as good as you can describe yourself playing this instrument, but um, I kind of think that when you're realistically trying to depict a character, and I know that it's not supposed to be exactly real real, but I like my things to be kind of realistic. I guess that's what attracts me to Hero and stuff like that is... Uh, I guess I wouldn't say it's realistic, but it uh, endeavors to represent some aspect of physics. And... Uh, consequence and action and balance and points, even though it's not always achieved and can be broken, I know. Um, but I think that if you're going to be one of the world's best flutists or uh, pianists, that you're probably not going to have as much time to put into those other skills that you've taken. Uh, for example, a wizard or a rogue, they might spend a lot of their life training in their arts. If you're a rogue that uh, knows a lot about... Uh, lockpicking or mechanics or um, other things that rogues do. Maybe if you're going diplomacy style, you might know a lot about politics. You could go sort of like a knowledge, although this doesn't happen very much in 4th edition anymore. Admittedly, you can go like sort of a more political savvy rogue rather than the street fighter brawler style rogue. Uh, there are charismatic rogues, but I don't think that those charismatic rogues are really centered skill-wise around a uh, game of politics, and you can argue that 4th edition isn't meant to represent that type of stuff, and that's fine, except for what I'm saying is I could represent it in 3rd, so I'd rather be playing 3rd. I've just sort of trapped myself in a campaign running with 4th, and it's making me realize some of these things. I'm actually approaching the end of my 4th uh, edition campaign, and... Uh, moving into other systems like Eclipse Phase because we've been playing Fantasy for a long time. But uh, other than the skills like that, I'd say the other thing that I'm noticing is at the beginning of the game, level 1 to 5 probably, combat, not not bad. It was it was more fun than 3rd, I have to say. I was uh, Like I said, I'm not big on combat. A lot of my games involve political intrigue or religion or uh, uh, puzzles. When I, tr when I tend to do dungeon crawls, uh, like I ran Bane Warns a couple of years back, and uh, I found that quite fight-heavy for me, and uh, mine tend to be a little more skewed to the puzzle-trap mentality if I'm doing a dungeon crawl, but generally I just stay clear of uh, dungeon crawls that are going to take more than two sessions to get through. Um, I'm ending my 4th edition game on a dungeon crawl just because I figured it'd be a good way to go with D&D, uh, &D, and I'm anticipating it taking probably three or four more sessions, because there's going to be a long dungeon crawl for me. Except for, there's a caveat in that. <laughs> I thought that combat was going to be a lot quicker than it's turning out to be. At the beginning of the game, like I said, 1 to 5, combat's fine. I found it more fun than 3rd. Uh, we're now at level 14, and combat is taking forever. Um, I have a group of players. Uh, two of them, this was their first system they've played with, and... Um, this was kind of their second uh, second game because I ran a short 4th edition thing to delay uh, while I was prepping the rest of my campaign right after 4th edition came out, but basically it was their first game. That being said, they're not noobs. They've been playing for like 
almost two years now. So they know the system pretty as, well as well as my other players know the system because they came in right when the system came out. I have kind of a large group. I have six people. And uh, at level 14 with six people, fourth edition fights take forever. Um, I can do an exact on-level fight with no gimmicks or tricks to give some advantage to the bad guys or to delay damage or anything like that. Just a straight-up fight can take, like, three hours sometimes. And my group talks out a character a fair bit, but I think, I think most D&D playing groups do. And with six people, it's not five other people's turns, so it's not really disrupting the gameplay so much as just noise on the side. My problem is I don't want to run three-hour combats. I've, I'm right now looking into... I've he- I heard this on uh, another podcast I was listening to. I don't remember what, but the, uh, it was suggested to half um, to half the health of all the creatures and maximize their damage. And uh, I think I might go with that. Kind of unbalances things, but at this point, I'm more interested in my storyline just culminating and finishing off. And my player character has been rather clever about a couple of things. They actually thought of a way to win this war that I wasn't considering when I wrote the storyline, and I mean, that's great for them, so I'm really excited to see my game end so I can move on to something else. But I didn't want the dungeon to seem hollow. I didn't want it to seem easy. And I'm worried that if I adjust the monsters, yes, it will speed things up. It will probably make gameplay more fun in most respects, but it might make things too easy. They are on a timeline, so they can't just go and sleep and... Well, they can sleep for two days, is what the timeline I've put in. Um, but they can't just infinitely go and recharge all their healing surges or anything like that. So, it's not that... I'm worried that if I make the fights too short, they'll have more time dilation out of character to in-character and just think about sleeping through a night or whatever. But, um... I am worried that if I do that, a couple of lucky hits for my strikers, and uh, the combat's essentially over. I mean, there's a lot more bad guys in fourth than there is in third, and I could flood them with more weaker bad guys to try and stall that out, but um, they're pretty clever tactically. I'm not saying I'm not. I like to think I'm okay, but uh, I think that if I lowered the health of the bad guys, they'd manage to get the jump most of the time, and probably kill the bad guy out before too much damage can be done back to them in a permanent sense. I think that I could probably cheat as a DM, and I am not above saying that I have cheated a couple of times in the past, 3rd uh, edition, 4th edition, basically anything I've DM'd. If, if I thought it'd be more fun for a fight, I've fudged rolls behind the DM screen, or uh, in both directions, don't think I'm being unfair. So, um, I may go that route. I've also considered putting in a number of skill challenges to end combats faster. And, uh, they also make the combats more interesting as well. Uh, I think that that could work. Except for, I mean, I am creative, but having a gimmick in every single fight doesn't play off as natural. Um, 
if in every fight you go to there's a kill switch that uh, you just have to get three thievery checks or uh, two thievery checks and four arcana checks while the combat's going on to uh, kill all the baddies or at least make them run off, uh, it, it, I think that tends to feel kind of gimmicky. Um, so I'm not really sure what I'm going to go with yet. I, I'm actually probably going to do the rest of my encounter design tomorrow for my dungeon and see where that leads me. If anyone has any comments or any suggestions for 4th edition gameplay, you can <laughs> let me know. Um, my email is pj34 at hotmail.com p as in Peter and j as in j at hotmail.com but um, to be honest, I think it'll be too late because I'm probably only running that game for three or four more sessions and switching to Eclipse phase. I haven't heard a lot of outcry about this sort of thing from 4th edition because I think that most people who are thinking like I do, who DM like I do, were kind of pumped about 4th edition, but when they saw it, or maybe weren't even pumped about 4th edition because I was taking flack in 3rd for the style I DM and bothering to use D&D for the mechanics. But, like, I think most people that DM like I do when they saw 4th edition went, Oh my god, this is World of Warcraft. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. And sort of buggered off to uh, better systems. I use the term loosely because it depends on what you're into. So I don't know how much discussion honest discussion there has been in this field. I've listened to Wizards' take on uh, on um, some of these issues, and I think it's quite interesting, to say the least. I'm actually going to also be playing starting soon, and when I stop DMing this game, a couple of my, my players are going to be trying a hand at DMing, and I'm going to be playing in a 4th edition game, and one of my players was going to run in 4th edition, but I think she's decided to switch to Anima Beyond Fantasy. If you're not familiar with that, it's, uh... I think it was originally a Spanish game that, uh... Fantasy Flight... Or is it... Is it Final Flight or Fan... Uh, which are FFG, um... Owns the rights to in English, and uh, they've published uh, it and a GM booklet along with it. It's kind of somewhat reminiscent of Role Master, but um, maybe not so complex. Uh, maybe a bit easier on the DM. I haven't actually played Role Master, but this is what I hear as well as I've looked over the Role Master book. So there are a number of comparable sections. Um, now, what I'm interested in is. As a DM who doesn't like combat, combat gets very tedious very quickly for me, especially when I'm controlling a whole bunch of monsters and waiting for all those people to go, and I myself don't know... Like, I'm, I'm not developing a tactic beyond the monster I'm using. Like, as a player character, you have, in 4th edition, you have tons of cool powers and stuff like that. The monsters still have cool powers, but uh, they only have, like, one or two... Or maybe if you're fighting an elite or a, a solo monster, they might have like five or six. But uh, it's still just that one fight and you haven't grown with that, those tactics or those powers in any meaningful way. Um, I'm interested for the player experience. I haven't actually played 4th edition in a campaign yet. I played a couple of one-shots, uh, a couple RPGA things. 
Um, not at a convention at home. I actually haven't gotten out to a convention because Canada sucks for conventions, apparently. And, but um, I'm interested to see how I can get into character. If, if I can be true to that character while still not deadening my character's ability in combat, because one thing I noticed, I'm playing a warlord, a halfling warlord, and uh, I had this picture, if you've read Wheel of Time, I'm sure a lot of people who'll be listening to this podcast have, uh, I had this image of a more mature Matt Cawthon. Like, uh, Matt, if he was 10 years older, and he's seen the wars that he's generaled or um, helped along with, and maybe he's fallen out of love and in love a couple of times. I know he's... Well, I I don't want to do any spoilers because the series is still being written, but, like, if he never really found found true love or anything like that, which is still a possibility, so it's not really spoilers, but, like, um, something like that, maybe with a bit of... um, a bit of Perrin mixed in or something like that, but I wanted him to be, my character to be very smart, tactically, very charismatic, uh, strong enough that he could swing something, but uh, I would have preferred to be able to go dexterity, which, with a warlord, if you know the rule sets and any of the builds that I've seen at least, dexterity warlord is probably not happening if you're going any of those other attributes. So I had to spread my stats pretty thin, I'm not generally a min-maxer, but I have to say, in 4th edition, they kind of do a three-stat lean. Like, you have to have an emphasis on one stat from each of the three couplings to really get the extra oomph out of your character, and you run into problems if you're the only person not doing that in the group, uh, at least in combat. So I'm kind of interested to see if that's going to neuter me down at all, or whether I'll just still have fun role-playing, um, whether it's more fun doing combat on the other side when you've planned out your powers, when you have a whole bunch of neat little options to do, and uh, stuff like that. So I'll probably do another review in six or seven months when I've actually had more of a stable chance to uh, be on the player side of what I think of these sort of things. We're starting our... Uh, fourth edition game I'm playing in at level 5, so that's the level where I started to notice things slowing down a bit, so I should still have the same complaints if it's as present as a player. Um, Also, I suppose, uh, at at about the same point in time, if the Anima Beyond Fantasy game does fly, um, then I will give my opinion on that, although I'm probably going to give my opinion on that a bit sooner, pretty much as soon as the game starts. Um because I haven't had extensive experience playing it, so there's no point in waiting longer after my first impressions. Uh, I will hopefully be getting someone, I have a number of friends, uh, some have lives, some do not, uh, who could uh, come onto the podcast with me, uh, so I have someone to talk to, so there's not any awkward pauses or ahs or ums, because I realize I'm doing that a lot. Hopefully... I can get some of my friends in here, and uh, maybe not necessarily one regular person, but I think a good mix would be cool, anything on their mind. I don't envision this podcast necessarily being 100% about gaming, because I think there's a lot of things that most people who game have in common, and I think that any of them we all find interesting, and I could talk about uh, for it.
Warhammer. It probably won't hit everyone, but uh, I play a little bit of Warhammer, play some Skaven. So I uh, might, might drop a little Games Workshop talk every now and then, although probably not as much as gaming, because there's not as much to talk about, in my opinion, about Wargaming, because it's not quite as evolving or interesting. I uh, might try doing a play, a live play recording at some point. Uh, I always think it's nice to have uh, an example of play from people you're listening to on podcasts, because uh, you can listen to them talk about their groups and themselves and their opinions on role-playing stuff, but I think it's really helpful to hear how they DM or act as a player so you can really get a picture of whether who you're dealing with because we all have a, a general type of role player we are and you I think it's easier to identify with these a podcaster's opinions on role playing products when you can relate them to a player in your game's attitudes during gameplay or a GM you've uh, played under's um, style of GMing. Another thing I'd be really interested in that I'm not actually, uh, I have never played and have never participated in is I would really want to play probably a Call of Cthulhu game, and um, I like H.P. Lovecraft. I actually don't like horror genre for the most. I um, never really got into the like horror films or novels. I have to say World of Darkness is about as uh, monstery as I get in any sort of context like that, but I, for some reason, H.P. Lovecraft's writings hit a resonance with me, and I've always been really enamored, I guess, by his style and uh, a lot of his ideas. And maybe I, maybe I like the sort of cult religious aspects of his stuff more than, say, Frankenstein. Like, I know he wrote, like, Reanimator stuff, but... Uh, even that, I, I find that I like more than anything that I could compare in the modern writing scope. Uh, so if anyone listening to this wants to run an online Call of Cthulhu game or lives somewhere around Toronto and runs a Call of Cthulhu game, get in touch with me. I'd be pleased to <laughs> join you for a session or two. I can't say that I can make a steady commitment right now because I already have two uh, gaming days a week that my girlfriend uh, is generous enough to grant me, but I can sure as heck do a one-shot, which it always struck me Call of Cthulhu would be more suited towards. Alright, this is Peter Smith. This has been episode zero, my test run, uh, uh, just getting into the podcasting mode of thought and stuff like that. I'm approaching a half hour now, so I think I'm going to wrap it up. If you have any questions or comments, um, I think probably what I post this on will have some sort of commenting system, so maybe leave something on there. Or, once again, my email address right now is pj34 at hotmail.com. I know it's not very original, but I got it in grade six and have never felt like changing it. All right, until next time, this is the Hack DM signing off. Uh, Good gaming, all.